0: A special this week brought to you by the Anglo-Italian Podcast. As always, my name is Rory. I'm just about holding my temper together at the moment. And I'm joined by my very good friend,
1: Adam. Hey, Rory. I'm hoping that I can help you with your breathing exercises today. But if Mm -hmm. not, we've got a fair bit of football to talk about. But more importantly, how are you doing this fine evening?
0: I am not bad, but I will tell you, my mindfulness app that's just called Mindfulness has had a lot of use this morning and across the weekend since Saturday I bet it Um because, yeah, it was a bit of an intense weekend. I had to, like, uh, disengage from football for a while. I think Saturday uh, Saturday evening, I just left my phone in the other room and was like, let's <laughs> pretend none of it exists. Um because otherwise I'd ruin the evening for the missus and the dog as well. I think so. It was good for me to take
1: a break. <laughs> um, how was your weekend, man? Wickham got a decent win in the cup. Yeah, decent win, and it sets us up for a home tie against Morecambe. Of all people, Oof. so uh, a big one. yeah, yeah, big one. But that could be a nice, easy buy to the third round. You never know, Rory, with these kind of ties. Touch but what? also the crew crew didn't do too badly, did they? Oh, and we were they so were close. So uh, agonizingly close weren't oh, they close. so typical derby pull it out of the bag but yeah i, it I was, was impressed ins- by a few of your players i have to say
0: it was insane because the crew were going through a bit of an injury crisis so we only had 12 fit players wow okay. and that was like that was a fully fit that was a full first team derby basically and we went we took the like obviously we sat back and defended very very well but we went to up. it was just when they brought on four players we just had no legs left and i the second they scored one i was like okay we're gonna lose now but we managed to keep a draw we've got a replay i'm never confident going into replays but Mm. um if we can play like that again at their place i reckon we could do a job we played really really well a lot of players really stood out we're going to talk about it a little bit later i think but in the intro i also want to talk about the Copa Libertadores final, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't switch off completely from football. I just changed continent and was like, right, right for okay. now, for now I'm a Boca fan, right? Um, the misses, which which worked well, um, yeah. the mrs's brother lives in uh, Buenos Aires. So I've got a Boca um, shirt, always quite like Boca, so I'm like, okay, let's hope we yeah. win. Obviously I turned on and then, um, John Kennedy, not that one, Obviously. um, scored, scored an absolute beauty <laughs> a goal, unbelievable finish. Um, I watched kind of the last 20 minutes and then the extra time. Mm. Um, I absolutely love that game. Every time I watch Libertadores final, it's very different to Europe, right? Obviously, there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of diving, (laughs) there's a lot of melodrama, there's a lot of, like, just chaos. But once you, like, embrace the chaos, you're like, this is just fantastic. Mm. And, like, there's so many exciting players there, like... The Andre in midfield that is the one that Liverpool yeah. have been linked with, Arsenal have been linked with. Had I think West Ham game. as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for Fluminense, he was amazing. Um, and John Kennedy, again, he came off the bench, scored an outside of the front finish, which was beautiful and then get sent off and taking his <laughs> shirt off and running into the crowd because he's on a second yellow um just you, just just, just out of
1: randomness do you think he's ever been told as a gold celebration do like assassination kind of yeah, like it's a gold celebration <laughs> that would I tell you what that would have gone viral I loved that, it certainly um, weird. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: pretends to be driving a car like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um yeah, I've got a lot of time for that maybe when he comes across to Europe but I'll tell you what I was looking at him and I was like he's only 21. He's got some technique. He's raw. Is he a player that we could see in Europe quite soon? I was quite excited by his performance, but also tactically, their manager, Diniz. Now, the Fluminense have been kind of like a lot of people have been enjoying them for a very long time. Yeah. And it's just so fluid. Like, I think at one point their striker was playing left back and their left back was playing striker. (laughs) Like, everyone just like liquid dynamics and motion. It was unbelievable. almost sounds Um, like
1: a Zerbi training, like. Well, this is it. it. Exactly.
0: I think he's like, this definitely hasn't done him any, any harm, but he's definitely being mentioned as like Mm. the next big South American coach. You can definitely see why, but the other headline here as well was that Marcello Mm, goes back to his boyhood club. He only ever made like 20 odd appearances for Fluminense when he came through before he went to Real Madrid. He's ended his career in Fluminense and, can I just say another argument for our rule that we came up with that every player has to end their career at the Arctic club they club. started with? Um, and he goes and he wins them their first ever Copa Libertadores. Mm, it's
1: beautiful. And you
0: could see him before the final whistle on the bench; he was crying because he was mm. just like you could see how much he wanted it and how much it was. It just meant so much to me. It's incredible. I thought Boca Juniors were unlucky. They did. They they didn't play badly. No. Um, I just think Fluminense had that cutting edge, and then once they went down to 10 men. They obviously just sat back and then Boca yeah. Juniors had someone sent off for slapping another player in a melee and it all just, the second the player got sent off for Boca Juniors, all momentum of the game just went in and it was like, oh, okay, it's just wait until this ends. Mm. But it was a really, really, really great game. And if you didn't watch it, I would just say, always try and watch the final. Because it's on at a decent time, so you can watch it. And every time I've watched it, it's been box office. So
1: I really, really enjoyed it. I don't (laughs) know if you caught any of it. Unfortunately not. No, I didn't really catch any of it. Unfortunately, I can't remember. It was something in between of like a number of things trying to do that evening. But... Yeah, I, I need to catch up on the highlights, definitely, because all I heard was JF Kennedy jokes taking place on social media. So, yeah. Pretty, much. yeah. pretty much. Um, It wasn't a shot from distance, unfortunately,
0: otherwise the puns would have been a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> that? If you did just see me reacting, I have just seen that Christian Romero has been sent off for of Spurs and Cole oh. Palmer has equalised. Yeah. So... Come on, Chelsea, for the love of God, (laughs) Chelsea. Um, But before we get there, um, let's kind of go into the weekend, I suppose. We're going to be talking Mm. about, of course, VAR in the Premier League yet again. List of things I'm bored of talking about. Manchester United, (laughs) VAR, how Arsenal need a striker, things I'm bored of talking about. But we're going to be talking about VAR. We're going to be talking about um, Nottingham Forest stunning, a rampant Aston Villa. Really did not see that one coming. Luton Town with a great point at home. Doku and how he's changed Manchester City. Gary O'Neill shafted by VAR again. Um, And then in Serie A, we'll be talking about are Juve Inter's main rivals now that Milan have dropped points at home to Udinese? Mm. uh, Inter get another win. Juve keep keeping clean sheets. And Cagliari, it looks like they might have woken up it looks yes, like they might does, have woken up finally. And then Lazio drop points again. We will try to cover all of that. If we don't cover all of that, don't hold it against us. There's only so much time in the world and there's a lot of football. Exactly. Um, so, and there's a rant about Arsenal coming up. I don't know how long that's going <laughs> to take. Um, so let's start with VAR, shall we? Um, mm-hmm. It was an interesting weekend before we, well, let's just do it. The worst VAR decision of the week? Because I would actually go with the penalty at Bramall Lake. Yeah, I think that was far worse.
1: That was far worse. Um, But we've been saying for a number of weeks, Rory, that VAR, the inconsistencies, the kind of refereeing decisions have been really poor of late. And this was another episode, unfortunately, on Saturday, where not just that game, obviously, but also a number of games over that weekend where they were influenced by various different fa- fractions of VAR or referee indecisions, should we say? And yeah, I agree with you. The biggest it, like call out was that Wolves penalty that was given against them. Again, oh, unfortunately yeah. they've had another incident and yeah, I mean, Gary O'Neill must be livid. Like, I mean, what, he's lost so many points through VAR indecisions or like decisions that have taken place, right? And it, mm. if that wasn't a team that was struggling, I'm sure there'd be a lot more tension on. Cogmore right now around how they're dealing with this situation um but yeah if i, mean- I was
0: Gary o'neill i would be posting dog shit through our website <laughs> as we speak like he must be so fucking angry and like you can see him in the post and he's just going that's another decision by the way that's yeah. another penalty like they've not been given penalties they've had soft penalties against them and this is like it's just this complete lack of quality at the moment and lack of consistency and a penalty that is a penalty for one thing, isn't mm-hmm. for another, and it's the same thing, and just it's just relentless. And I think look, yeah. it's great for Sheffield United to get their first win. They were definitely like delighted. They knew yeah. they just got daylight robbery there. Yeah. But as you said, like Wolves, we were tipping for to struggle this year. They're lucky that like or Pugmol are lucky that there's three utterly shite teams in this league because <laughs> exactly. Wolves could be dragged into that just based on the decisions mm-hmm. they've not got. Like, and it's just absolutely incredible. I do have to say, the first Sheffield United goal from Cameron Archer, I think it was, yes, was Cameron an absolute Archer, yeah. banger of a finish. Mm-hmm. Um, But Sheffield United definitely did not.
1: I think a point would have been point would be fair. Yes, on the grand yeah. scheme of things. And the other annoying thing, Rory, is it was a replica of last weekend's decision where, again, in this almost identical place, a penalty yeah. is conceived by a Wolves player, which is so strange. It's almost like fate, right? Um, but yeah, you have to feel sorry for Fabio Silva. I mean, he was absolutely in oh, bits at full time I, and I, I feel sorry for him because he knows mm. that cost them the game yeah and it feels like he feels like a
0: play if any if ever a player needs like a lucky break it he feels does like it. it might be fabio silver like he came for this big price fee that isn't mm. his fault and then he's not as good as football manager had him down to be and again yeah. that's not his fault no. and like nothing's really clicked for him And it just felt like this might be a big moment for him when he should i really want it to work out not just because he looks like he should be in the ramones but He really does like. (laughs) I really wanted to go well for him, and you can see just how much it meant to him. And it was really, really disappointing end to that game. Sheffield United fans obviously won't care. Big win for them. Um, It puts some level on points with Burnley um, and gives them kind of, I suppose, a breath of life. Like I don't think I don't think we'll see them escape the bottom three, but we might see them not finish bottom.
1: Um, might not be the worst team in the yeah. Premier League history as well.
0: Um, because Burnley exists, and I think they might be
1: the Yeah, one. they look horrendous.
0: Um, but we're going to move on with the far decisions quite quickly, and we're going to go to another game where I think a point would have been perfectly fair. And of course, we're going to go to the northeast with Newcastle 1, Arsenal 0. Uh, now, we had a question from uh, Jose, friend of the mm-hmm. show, who said, um, do you think Arteta was justified in his... Um, comments after the match mm-hmm. um, I firstly have to say yes because um, yeah. I don't think he said anything that's wrong I don't think he said anything that you could necessarily disagree with all he said was the decisions that we have seen were a disgrace like mm-hmm. the, the decisions are embarrassing to the league yeah. he didn't really I think he referenced the goal as it should have been a goal which I think again it shouldn't have been a goal so again I think he's right and but for me, the worst decision amongst um, uh, across them all was the Bruno Guimaraes
1: decision. Yeah,
0: and I think when you you also have to take into account this is like a accu- accumulation for, for Mikel Michel because usually, if he has a complaint about the referee, he doesn't say anything. He just goes, nope, I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it because he doesn't want to get fined." In general, he's blamed himself he's blamed players he's blamed the performance he's very rarely very rarely blamed the referee because he just he just says i don't want to talk about it but i was thinking on the way home about all the decisions that he's been in charge for that have just gone against us that have been atrocious decisions whether Mm -hmm. it's Kovacic not getting sent off against man city Mm -hmm. whether it's the offside goal where they didn't draw the lines or the offside goal where they looked at the wrong person as offside against brighton um whether it was Martinelli getting sent off twice in the same move for Wolves and we were told that's the new rule and it's not been done since where it's David Luiz getting sent off for the Wolves player it's always against Wolves kicking yeah. him and he gets sent off and a penalty yeah. given where like you can just keep racking up these decisions that have gone against Arsenal and Arteta has been in charge and it's I think we're up there with the leaders of teams with the most apologies from PGMOL mm-hmm. so I think this isn't just this one off This is an accumulation, and then it's all come to this one game where there was a lot of decisions. And I think, look, Kai Mm -hmm. Havertz should have been sent off. Like, Mm -hmm. if the first tackle is a yellow, that second tackle is definitely a second yellow. So they got that wrong as well. Mm -hmm. But the Bruno Grumais one, for me, is absolutely horrific and for sky sports to turn around and be like oh they've hit him with the forearm and not the elbow that's it why matter. it really doesn't matter what the fuck are you talking about what the fuck are you talking about I so you can just it. i expect to see gabrielle and saliba next match just run in and forearm smash someone in the face and go nope that's fine no that's because you got away with it apparently. last week yeah it's not even a booking apparently you can just go in hit someone it wasn't the elbow mm-hmm. ref. what the fuck are you talking about yeah. i think how the refs have looked at that and it's there's three of the pricks that have done it looked at it and not acted on it like yep. his head had gone bruno's mm-hmm. head completely went it happens every time against arsenal by the way he just loses his head mm-hmm. if he wasn't sent off for that there was a tackle straight afterwards and then he pushes one of our players as well mm-hmm. like how much what has to happen here Like, at what point are we allowed to complain? If all that happens and you're still, oh no, you know, don't bring the game into disrepute, then at what point are you allowed to complain? Like, I think it completely took away from the game. I think Newcastle also conducted themselves fucking horrifically. Like, for them, like, the Kai Havertz tackle was awful, right? Mm -hmm. He's very lucky that he got there early and didn't make contact with the player. But four newcastle players then get booked after that because they're all pushing the ref and putting hands on the ref and Mm. screaming at the ref for a team that are very physical and are like you know come to our house we'll beat you up you do it to them once they don't really fucking like it at them and they can't really take it and i thought they really did not put themselves in a positive light at all not that newcastle fans would give a shit because they won the game they'll tell me to cry more and they'll move on supporting the human rights abusers. Fine. That's your that's your (laughs) fucking prerogative. But I think the way the players acted was really awful. And I think the referees then created that atmosphere because to then book those four players so quickly you Mm -hmm. then you've lowered the threshold so much for a booking. But then straight after you don't send off Grimaresh for a forearm smash completely off the ball to Jorginho. Like And then Lascelles comes out and, like, Jorginho refused to shake my hand. Good. Good. I'm glad he fucking refused to shake your hand. I don't want him shaking your hand. Yeah. Like, just sod off. And then that's before we even get to the pissing goal, like, (laughs) (laughs) just and, like, the goal, I can kind of see all of it, right? I can see how they've gone. There's nothing really conclusive until you get to the foul.
1: Yeah, exactly. The foul in itself was horrendous.
0: The ball ball over the line on the line, I I know how fucking physics works. I don't need some nonce in his bedroom putting tape on the floor and a ball (laughs) to explain it to me. I know how it works. It's not necessarily how it looks on the screen. It looked bloody close, but Mm. I know it might not have actually been out, right? But that being said, when it's a throw-in, the ball even touches the line, they just call it as out. Mm. But anyway... Yeah. I can kind of let that one go. And our defending was terrible in the first place. Like we completely shat the bed there. Like we should have yeah, defended of course, of that course. move a lot better, of course. Mm-hmm. But the ball doesn't go the ball doesn't go out. Okay, fine. So the ball comes across the box. How that isn't a foul, and I'll get your view on it as well, yeah, yeah. is completely beyond me. And I also think the ball hits Joe Linton's arm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, the various different aspects once the ball comes through that he's actually committed a foul in the instance so it's first the physical foul then it's the fact that it's hit him and then the fact that he's managed to still get the ball through to the attacking player which is gordon to tuck it away who might be offside who might be offside at that very moment and again like like you say i completely agree with all of your points and one of the things i wanted to kind of try and attempt is actually share the pgml or no sorry it is IFAB's kind of aspects around the okay. use of VAR, because I think that will help us really make it clearer. So I'm going to try and share this guidance that I did dig out um, mm-hmm. prior to doing this live stream, because I think it's really important that we kind of um, shed it in a bit more light and bring to table a bit more about the facts itself as well, yeah. um, because I think sometimes that gets really lost in terms of how that actually works out, but if you can read this, obviously, Mm -hmm. for those that are viewing, It is point two which is reviewable match changing decisions incidents so I'll read it out for those that aren't obviously watching this right now so the referee may receive assistance from the VAR only in relation to four categories of match changing decisions incidents in all these situations the VAR is used only after the referee has made a first original decision including allowing play to continue or if a serious incident is missed not seen by match officials. The referees original decision will not change or not be changed, should I say, unless there is a clear and obvious error. This includes any decision made by the referee based on information from another match official, e.g. offside. The categories for the decision incidents which may be reviewed in the event of a potential clear and obvious error or serious missed incidents are... And it goes in terms of details, but I think the first mm-hmm. one is the big one here, Rory. So it's goal, goal or no, no goal. So this is something that's been really loosely translated across social media. But I thought let's pull out these kind of bullet yeah. points that fit underneath it. So attacking team offense in the build-up or scoring of a goal, handball, foul, offside, etc. So three that first please. point, all three covered please. in that first <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> second point ball out of play prior to the goal again that's another one right <laughs> then you've got goal no goal decision and then the final bullet point says offense by goalkeeper or kicker uh at the taking of a penalty kick or encroachment by an attacking mm-hmm. or defender who becomes directly involved in the play if the penalty kick rebounds from a goalpost, crossbar or goalkeeper so rory on that incident alone we've got a situation whereby the rules clearly state what should have happened, what should have mm-hmm. been reviewed. And although they kind of showed it, I, for the love of money, I don't know where they didn't see first the foul, the build-up to this incident, the handball and the fact that offside potentially plays a part. But for mm-hmm. two of them, there's a rationale to say that should have been no goal and it should have been back to play. Yeah. But, I mean, it, and- it's just bonkers.
0: And you're in a sport where goals, it's not basketball, right? You're not scoring every three minutes, four minutes. A goal absolutely massively changes a game always. Like mm. it's it's the cliche, like the first goal really matters, right? right? Because it completely changes the tide of the game. And I think from that point, I think Arteta coached us incredibly well. We played very well. That that stadium opened up the atmosphere was loud you thought okay this could be difficult and we just quietened it right down and we were half an hour in and it just the place was dead and i thought perfect Mm. we've done a perfect job now obviously at that point kai havertz decides to be a hero and liven the place up a bit fine fine but i still think we were managing the game very well we got to halftime at at nil nil and we're like okay yeah that's solidify maybe we can nick one but I honestly think Arteta was coaching a nil-nil there. He was like, right, let's just get a point out of this place. Nobody's beaten them here since us. Like this is not mm. an easy place to go. Like let's just get a point and run. And I think that is what should have happened. Now I do I, I just think how often can you like and this I, I can feel Arteta's frustration, not just because it's Arsenal, but when it was Klopp and when it was like these people are like you're at the highest end of your mm. of your industry, right? Yeah. You know that if Man City drop one point, that that's the door open, right? If yeah. you drop one point, that's you out of the fucking race. Like, mm-hmm. it is the tiniest of margins now. And you can do everything within your power, but then ultimately, it can just be taken away just by sheer incompetence. Yeah, And it's just, at what point... It, there has to be an improvement or at least from pgmol a willingness to accept that mm. there needs to be improvement because they're given this illusion of oh we're giving you transparency no you're fucking not you've got a show with yeah. michael owen that's no one's watching because it's michael owen there's yeah. a reason why they've put him hosting that show because he'll turn away viewers who the frig is watching a show with michael owen and <laughs> <the forward laughs> web? i'd honestly rather watch paint right. like it's, i'm
1: not watching it it's terrible yeah
0: I I can only imagine I'm never going to watch it. At least put someone yeah. with bloody charisma on it. But mm. that's not transparency. That's you deciding what transparency you're you're going to give. If you wanted to, you could do what the NFL do. Just turn on the microphones. Yeah. The whole fucking stadium hears what you're saying. You could just do that like that. That could be mm-hmm. done right you could release transcripts after the game you could release rec- all the recordings for nonsense like us that'd sit and listen to it all if you know what i mean well, yeah. but like if you wanted to be transparent you could easily do it so they don't want to be transparent they no. don't want to address the address the issues and when someone does finally turn around and say there's an issue the whole of football and football fans as well just turn around and go oh stop complaining it's only because you've lost it, when Liverpool did it, there were so many idiots online that didn't realise that Liverpool were doing it to improve it. For fucking everybody, yeah. They were doing it. To, they weren't doing it to get the replay. Jurgen oh, cost knew. He was never going to get a fucking replay. He didn't want a replay. What he wanted was to flex a bit and be like, you have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. Something has to be done. And what happened now? They brought a new procedure where they have to repeat the decision. So they go goal, 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 cool, done. That is only because Jurgen Klopp complained. So then for Gary Neville and King Carragher to now turn around and go, well, actually the Arsenal statement's disgusting and they should really just be quiet that is never how yeah, things nah. change whether it's politics whether it's sport whether it's in your country whatever just shutting up and pretending it's fine doesn't change anything no like i just think it just it, we've been absolutely piled on today arsenal and Arteta has been absolutely piled on and i think in general i know a lot of fans don't like him who aren't Arsenal fans and a lot of refs don't like him because he takes the piss out of him with the like mm-hmm, and all that yeah, They don't yeah, like they do. him, yeah, right? yeah. but I think he's actually pretty reasonable in press conferences. I think he takes responsibility. I don't think he goes pointing the finger at anyone else. And for him to have done it at this point, I actually think means quite a lot. And it's actually a a sign of how fucking terrible it was. Like, I'm going to be quiet now, but how did you see it?
1: I I, Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of reflect what you would have said anyway. But I think, yeah. Because of Arteta and the way he has random outbursts on the sidelines or, you know, just in general, I think that tarnishes what this situation has become. So therefore, there's always going to be that kind of aspect of, you know, Arteta does this quite frequently, he has outbursts, and therefore I think that tarnishes this kind of stance and again klopp is kind of seen as a a very arrogant and sometimes miserable kind of guy especially when he moans about situations and decisions that go against him and again he's kind of just like brushed under that kind of same kind of remit that you know don't worry they're just they don't know what they're talking about etc but they are like you say i think the liverpool incident was the first startling point And now there's going to be, it sounds or feels like there's going to be more of these incidents. And it would probably take like a few of these teams to kind of realise, actually, those two weren't just freaks. It's continuous. There needs to be something that has to happen now. And it's just it's just getting to that point now, Rory, where we just got to start thinking about what should they do? Should they cut back on the use of VAR because they're not getting those decisions right? Or should there be something better in place? I don't know what the right answer is at this point. I
0: think there needs to be a whole review of how it's used at the at least. there just needs to be a complete review of how, right? Yeah. how are we doing this? What is the procedure? What do we want to be able to achieve? and what do we need to t- what do we need to do to train people to be able to achieve that goal? Like you would with any business, any team mm-hmm. that you're you're working with, you set out a fucking plan. It doesn't feel like there's a plan. There's no consistency. There's just nothing. I would also i've all I've always been quite, partial again to the nfl system where you get a numbered set of reviews as mm-hmm. a coach you get to throw a fucking yellow flag on the field whatever it is and you go i want that decision reviewed because i I don't like that but if you get it wrong you lose the appeal that's fine if you get it mm-hmm. right you keep the appeal and it, it obviously it can be used tactically later on in the game you just start appealing, yeah whatever yeah, yeah. but you can limit them by halves you can you can get around that but I think maybe having that kind of system so you don't have to review every throw-in, every foul, whatever, but having it where the manager does it, actually know, I think you got that one wrong. I don't mm-hmm. think it would be the worst system. It works pretty well in NFL. I know it's a very
1: different game. It's much well, more Well, it was a good part, example. I, uh, I think about two years or a year ago on social media where they showed the Australia League where there is VAR <laughs> that follows the game at the same time as a referee and actually pulls the referee and says, actually, I yeah. think you got that decision a bit wrong. Yeah, Can you yeah. just review it now on the TV and I'll show what i've just seen yeah, and they yeah. reviewed that decision and it changed ultimately to be a free kick and a red card for the so it's not It's
0: not dependent on
1: the ref using yes, them it's them exactly. also being like it's yeah, assisting yeah. them to make sure that they make the so right like decision rugby, i
0: know nothing like rugby but i think that might yeah. be this the rugby system as well but yeah even things that like looking at other sports like this sports learn from other sports right managers yeah, managers go sports. and managers go and look at handball handball coaches and basketball coaches and they yeah. learn from other coaches to bring it in why can't footballing authorities the premier league whatever learn from other leagues and other sports as well and go right 100%. you've had video referee for how long has it been in rugby it's been in there for years mm. like right how did you implement it how did you fine-tune it how have you got it to the point where I don't often hear many? Mis- and I obviously I don't pay much attention to rugby, but I don't often hear many ludicrous decisions from the from the video referee in rugby. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think not that I've heard
1: of, but there's and- I think there's been a few incidents in the past, yeah. but ultimately there's not been as many in comparison to VAR with football. With ten games into the season, how many VAR controversies has there been? <laughs> like, yeah. I it's mean, the two main ones are obviously the one that happened over the weekend and you had Liverpool, but Wolves have been, I think, at least subjected to this at least four times. And yeah. I'm I actually, whilst we're on that point, I did see an interesting uh, article that was raised by, uh, believe it or not, ESPN, which um, showed that there was a total of 24 overturned decisions by VAR this season. And then it went. Uh, line by line by each club to say how many had been given against them and how many had been given for them as well so for example the likes of uh, Fulham, Everton Aston Villa uh, have all had one a judgment or decision in their favour. Man City have had two in their favour. Brentford have two. Uh, Nottingham Forest had three given for them as well. So Nottingham Forest are the biggest. I'm going to say, I'm going to scroll down and I'm assuming it'll be Wolves that are at the bottom of this, to be fair. Um, Let me just double check for you. It is Man United four, apparently. They've been given four against them. And uh, Burnley have had two against them. Tottenham Hotspur's had one as well. Um, so I don't know how that's calculated. I'm sure that's not quite uh, definitive. Yeah, it's always, I think it... that is against what VAR has given, whereas Wolves, I think they've had different um, decisions that are not necessarily var decisions if that makes yeah. sense they've just not been so, yeah. given they've just not, not been be given, given or yeah. they have been Basically.
0: given and it's shafted them i think like yeah the way gary o'neill has conducted himself maybe this is what they like and he has conducted himself very well and maybe that is what Arteta yeah. needs to do there's a thing of like is this going to count against us in the season now is this going to count for us in the season how a referee is going to feel when they when they are now refereeing arsenal games it'll be interesting to see how it's affected it but i think Look, you can even talk about, and we'll move on from Arsenal-Newcastle, yeah. like, congratulations, Newcastle, genuinely a huge win, very, very good performance. Like, they they didn't have many shots on target. They didn't no. offer much, but they got a win, and that's all they'll care about. Um, but for Man United, even, against Fulham, Harry Maguire's first... So, the, the first goal is ruled out cross because Harry Maguire waves his leg at it, right? Yeah, yeah. I understand right. the rule that they're trying to implement there. But <laughs> earlier in the season, Manchester City, a player is stood right in front of the goalkeeper in an offside position, clearly interfering with play and the goal's given. Yeah, yeah. And this was, it's it. Nice. it's was, it was just, <sighs> so it's not even just Arsenal, it's across mm. every game this weekend, basically there's been a VAR controversy yep. or four games maybe there's yep. been a VAR, VAR controversy and you think, well, that's, half of the games that's not yeah, great exactly. as no. far as ratios go it's not fantastic if you're like a surgeon and you had a 60 40 success rate i don't know how long you'd be working I know, like, right? you know I mean? so i think it's not fantastic um so yeah it's just an absolute fucking shit show but we're going to move on arsenal we do need to improve and we need a striker that's the last thing i'm saying about <laughs> arsenal. um what game should we talk about next adam i realize that we're kind of at the half Yeah, I I think we're going to have to
1: summarise some of these games, but I'd like to uh, also talk about Luton and Liverpool because I thought Luton gave themselves a really good account of themselves, drawing one all in the end, thanks to Luis Diaz scoring an equaliser just before time, I think it was, a few minutes before time now. I can't remember from my notes, but I did see the match and I thought Luton were very much worth the value in terms of getting a result on the day. It was so unlucky that they couldn't hold on. Uh, yeah. I thought they played superbly, even though they didn't offer too much offensively. They did have their little moments, Kabore on that right hand side, really putting in Og a few or, or, obviously we'll move on to Bene Bene as well, and he had to be pulled off because he was running constantly, yeah. uh, you know, in danger of doing some damage to his hamstrings, clearly. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I thought, you know, superbly they were all set up to absorb a lot of what they were expecting. And in their credit, they didn't leave or you know have liverpool creating too many clear-cut chances i know we'll probably talk about the not nunez kind of miss for example uh from that initially it he's was salah that should have done he's better such in the first player, Nunes. He's, he's, he's such
0: a great player nunez he's hilarious he's
1: so a, funny yeah, he's so he's funny so funny, funny. i sense. love him
0: i'm yeah. honestly so glad he's in the premier league because his entertainment value is through the roof and he's genuinely very good but he is just prone to absolute like collapses and you're like mate yeah. you just pinged one from 35 yards and now you can't hit it from six yards like, it's incredible it's, it's fascinating incredible, isn't it fascinating player fascinating he was, um but, but yeah Luton very very unlucky but I think it's one of those things where experience just kind of told at the end a yeah. little bit more fitness in the legs whatever it was but I'm still with my take that Luton are the best team that have come up this year because at the moment unlucky. yeah at Me, the moment <laughs> Like to be able to, I know like their ground is like a unique place, etc. But to be able to play that well anyway and be that well drilled, and they've got a system and they know what they're doing and it works, and it will it will get them enough points to stay up. I think honestly, it will get them enough points. I think yeah. Bournemouth are way worse. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse. At the,
1: at this moment in time, it does look like it's between the four of them to mm-hmm. to you know. I can't see many teams being dragged into it, and I think for once, Everton are saved. The same way Yeah, I think they can, the worst a little bit. Yeah, exactly. they can relax teams. Yeah, exactly. Even if they go on like three games losing run, they I think they'll be safe this season.
0: But we do also, before we move on to the Premier League, uh on to say yeah, we do also need yeah. to mention because Forest fans will be very, very angry, a huge big win, win against mm. Aston Villa and a fully deserved win against yeah. Aston Villa. Um they are like their home record is very good, Forest. We know yeah, it is. Yeah. They are steadily improving. Um, I do like Sangare in their midfield, I think he adds a little bit of quality, mm. he's raised the level a little bit. And I think even like uh Murillo in mid in defense as well has been very good since he's come into the team. I know the not the Forest fans really, I was about to say, not Forest. <laughs> uh, the and the I did just say it, um, the the forest fans really like him they're not so dependent on Gibbs white anymore Alanga no. has been a fantastic buy I think they've got the like the, the floor's just been raised right
1: yeah definitely I think Steve Cooper was always a manager that can bring different kind of uh variations of I think tactics and I think he found a way to play against Aston Villa um, But like you kind of alluded to, they've um, had some really good players. Dominguez, another one that came from Bologna last season, was a player that I really rated. And uh, he's starting to find his feet at Nottingham Forest as well. Um, But yeah, Sangara and Mangala, they've been really good. And I think he started, you know, we they had that really chaotic beginning last season mm. where they signed loads of players. No one knew what the hell was going on. Uh, they're joking about how many he had to have to brief in the changing rooms and... um yeah, I, I'm glad that they've found some rhythm. I think what they need to do now is try and work out the consistency to bring it into those away games and try yeah. and get those big foil-like teams, if that makes sense. I think that's where they kind of go missing sometimes is when they go to these away games so that your man-cities, etc. cetera. So, I mean, look, Man United, they proved early in the season they can score away from home. They can mm. do it as well. Unfortunately, it just seem to crumble. They seem to crumble away from home. And ultimately, that's the thing that's going to cost them. But luckily, like we've just alluded to, there's four worse sides than them. So it should be safe <laughs> they should regardless. Be. They should be all right. Um, elsewhere, as you said, Manchester
0: United got a huge win. Bruno Fernandes in the mm. 95th minute with a beautiful little finish to get the win there. Absolutely massive, I think, for the, just for the momentum huge. and everything that really lifts the mood. Game of the weekend, I think, Brentford 3, West Ham 2. Kudos' wow. his, um, scissor kick. Absolutely unbelievable. Ooh but a great comeback from yeah. Brentford. They've now won three in a row. West Ham have now lost three in a row in the league. Um, two teams who I kind of, we were worried about Brentford, but they have, they've clicked. Pick they? up, they've clicked started a little They've to pick bit. up
1: some points now and that's the most important thing. They mm-hmm. can just do that up until December when mm-hmm. they should anticipate Ivan Tony to potentially be back, uh, regardless of whether he decides to transfer himself out of the club. But at least it gives them time to kind of go do you know what? We get to the window. We might be able to get someone in if either Tony does decide to move on. It doesn't have to be Neil Mopai, but he did get his first <laughs> yes. goal after 18 He's trying so. to pick up some form. <laughs> he's doing um, better there than he did at Everton.
0: Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, that, that is a low ceiling. But yeah, congratulations, yeah. To Neil Mopai. Um, in Manchester, it was the Doku show. As oh, got four. Yeah. Brilliant. Four assists and a goal against Bournemouth. Um, I fell asleep during this one because Man City <laughs> were <was> cheating <laughs> up. Um, and then woke up and it was 6-1. I was like, oh, Christ alive! Um In my defence, I worked Saturday mornings. I was very, very tired. Um, Everton drew one all with Brighton. Brighton struggling a little bit at the moment. Yes. But Everton, as we said, clocking up those points, looking a lot better. And um, the highlight
1: in this game was Milner taking on Ashley Young the oldest yeah. kind of wing pairing ever. Absolutely. Love it. Got have time
0: for the OAPs. And uh, Michelinco <laughs> getting a rare goal as well. For I everyone. know. Yeah. Nice to see? Yeah. Um, Burnley lost at home 2-0 to Crystal Palace. For the first goal, <sighs> you have to see Jordan Ayu's turn. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't know he could do that.
1: It was insane. Yeah. He's got that in his locker. The problem is what? he doesn't do it very often. And I think, to be fair, Defender was poor on that. Instance. Yeah, yes, it's it was. Completely it was wins. He was just typical Burnley. It's just typical yeah. Burnley. They just don't play it the way that you anticipate them to transition into the, you know, the Premier League in that sense. And I think there's a few more question marks on company whether yeah. he actually stays there at this rate. Because...
0: There's a really you, you, there's a really interesting on. debate there to be had about pragmatism. Yeah. And I think that like you can be you can be an ideas manager when you're Guardiola at, or or you're trying to evolve the
1: team, you're right? Yeah. And he I hasn't think, got to that point yet.
0: No, exactly. I think surviving in the Premier League. I always I was watching him and I was like it reminded me of Norwich when they used to come up and they just walk the championship yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they try and play that football in the premiership and, and they just get relegated work. straight away. Yeah. But teams like Stoke or Wigan mm. or whoever who adapted and thought, no, we can't play like 1970s yeah. Brazil now, we're just <laughs> not good enough. They were the ones who stayed up. And I, look, I like a manager who sticks to it, who has morals and sticks to it. But I also think at some point it becomes like um, professional... like uh, side, com- basically. Yeah, to yeah. just be like because I saw the interview with Craig Bellamy with Gary Lineker. I don't know if you saw it, which oh, was really okay. interesting.
1: Yeah, I
0: genuinely like Craig Bellamy, very interesting bloke. But he was talking <laughs> yeah. about interesting in is a, quite a, yeah.
1: a, a kind word. But it's wide for him, isn't
0: it? <laughs> he's, he's an interesting bloke. And he was talking about how they're not going to change what they're doing because he's the assistant, right? And he was like, we're not going to change. Hmm. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And I was like, oh, well, you're fucked then. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's it, then you're fucked. What have Luton done? They've adapted. They've gone, right. This is what we have to do to stay up. And I think Mm. Burnley, the the fans will get pissed off pretty quickly because if they're not already, because obviously Sean Dyche kept them in the league for a very long time, not playing the most attractive football in the world. They didn't give a shit. They were there to wind everybody up and get three points at home. And that's what they did. And I think it's uh, patience and aesthetics when you're down at that end of the Mm. table only lasts so long um yeah. so I think yeah Vincent company might I don't think they'll fire him but I don't think they'll stay up either um no. we are gonna leave the Premier League there for now I think that's all the game's covered it's currently still oh, it's half time so it's one all between Tottenham all. and Chelsea Tottenham yeah. down to 10 men um the league's best center back uh Romero um in the in a huge game for them has been sent off who could have seen that coming I um I'm right? <laughs> gonna he's usually so calm I'm so, I know absolute Muppet. Anyway, we're going to move on <laughs> to Serie A. It's Serie A time. It was a great weekend it's, in Serie A. I really enjoyed it. It was really actually
1: quite it. enjoyable. Yeah. You looked at a lot of the official of list and it yeah. didn't look exciting, did it at all? But yeah, we we've got a whole host of different games, right, Rory? We so weren't particularly you
0: excited, but I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Friday, controversially. Um, yeah. I'm going to start with Bologna 1, okay. Lazio 0. Lewis mm-hmm. Ferguson becomes the joint highest Scottish player in Serie A history. <laughs> roaring with who is it
1: who's the other scottish player it's huge just trying to think who would it be um mark Hatley. i believe no, he's I english he's, he's english he's english sorry uh joe jordan it is
0: dennis law at torino oh
1: wow okay he got Fine.
0: 10 goals in 27 games which is a hell of a return jesus christ fair play um 10 goals in 27 games for torino lewis ferguson is now on 10 goals for Bologna, is there an argument that he could get a move to one of the, sorry, Bologna, but bigger clubs? I think he's been one of the better attacking midfielders in Serie A for for at least last season and this season. I had him in fantasy last year, so I was keeping an eye on his career. He Mm. was getting me a lot
1: of points. And I think he's really been incredible. I've been so impressed by Lewis Ferguson. Ever since he kind of came over to Bologna, making that bold move at the time, I've just been like endowed by how he's progressing and he's becoming Mm. better. And don't forget, this was a player that was uh, deemed not good enough for for Rangers. So (laughs) Rangers fans always like to rub in that soul to (laughs) that kind of decision-making. But ultimately, um, Uh uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm surprised some of the bigger Serie A clubs haven't decided to take a punt on him, especially like, for example, AC Milan. I mean, he could do so much for them right now. But, yeah, I think we have to give credit to Thiago Mata as well because the way that he's got them playing and just a bit more consistently as well. And if you look at the form table, Rui, they currently would lie in sixth position because that's how good they've been recently. They've gone on an unbeaten run of 10 games, which I'd 11 games completely. Now. 11 games now. And they've now. kept
0: one, two, three, four, five, six, six clean sheets in that time. Mm-hmm. It is incredible the work he's doing there like they had a really tough start to the season so they've already played Milan at home Juve away then they played Napoli at home uh they played Inter away they played and then they had Lazio at home like they've had a bloody rough start to the season yeah. and for them to still be in sixth and as you said 11 games on not lost since the first game of the season against Milan mm. it's incredible it's absolutely yeah. incredible so I think sorry it is 10 games you're right 10 games so I think it's just we 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 had been back in Bologna for a decent season and mm-hmm. I think it's good to see it happening. I think Thiago Motta already, the rumours in Milan on the inter-side are if Simone Inzaghi ever moves on, yeah, we would which... quite like a homecoming uh, for Thiago Motta. I don't think it's impossible. I think they could be talking about already. I
1: think yeah. that happens. But I it could it be happens. via another club at this rate mm. because I don't know if Thiago Motta stays at Bologna if there's another position. Let's say... Uh, I'd hate this to happen, but PSG or someone like that. Yeah, no, please don't do place. that. Yeah, I, I think hope he doesn't. It's
0: interesting because I think Bologna, they've got a bit of a project going, haven't they? And that, like, it's a young Massively. team, it's an exciting team. And I think there's a chance for him to build something there. I think if they get mm-hmm. Europe this year, which I think they could do. Mm-hmm. Then he'll definitely stay for the year in Europe and be like, no, I need to. I've earned this. I need to. Take yeah, to, exactly. Do right. that on that trip. That, I, I think it would be their first time in Europe since God knows when. Oh if God, ever. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I but, think
0: it would. It would be amazing, but really, really great for them. Great mm-hmm. for them playing fantastic football. Orcellini again, just delightful. Lazio. My God, it's going to be a long <laughs> season for them.
1: I know these uh, Scudetto hopefuls are not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying. That. Um, but yeah, it's looking horrendous, isn't it, at the moment for Lazio? I, I just. I don't really know what to make of them, and this has been summed up by just the way Sari manages them at the moment, and I just. I despair sometimes. Um, I don't know what which Lazio side decides to turn up half mm-hmm. the time, but it must be a pain in the ass for their supporters right now because they're aspiring to be in that top half. There's no way they're going to be in the top four at the end of the season mm-hmm. as it currently stands. No. I, I don't see how they turn it around. But Rory, do you think that could force the hands of Lotito and maybe make a move to move out sorry. I mean, would, would you if you were in his hands? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, also, I look at it from another point of view of it sounds like Latito's made a lot of those signings, which sorry doesn't necessarily yeah, Sarri agree didn't with, want
0: right? he, he came out and said, I don't want these players. I want these players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he, kind of he wanted of He
1: wanted about. the others yeah. that he wanted. He was, he was trusted, fairly right? open
0: about it, yeah. if anything, too open about it. So I think, like, no, that it's only Sarri's fault up and to an extent. I think it is lotito is like Di he's like any club owner in italy or in general it's all about them. Ego, really, yeah. you know what i mean and i think look, lazio if they were to move him on my first question would be well who do you get beyond tiago Motto, who i'm not sure if he takes it who do you mm. get who do you bring in i think sari is still the best manager that lazio could realistically get um and you just give him time he will get you there but i do still feel like there's massive they just can't score goals like They've only scored 13 goals this season and have conceded 13. So their goal differences, yeah. like they're defending not terribly. Like but, 13, conceding yeah. 13 goals in 11 games isn't bad. It's not it's horrendous, not great, but it's just the way but, that they're not
1: as offensive as they were last season, yeah. right? They're not taking as many chances. They seem to be very sloppy in the middle of the park as well, to be fair, Rory. Mm. Um, and then I'm just, I, I think I want to say they've got the Derby Capitale this weekend yep. coming up as well. So huge game. I mean, obviously, Roma. Feyenoord in between that for the Champions League. We forget about the Champions mm-hmm. League taking place tomorrow as well. Um, but yeah, you've got Derby Capitale, big massive game, and Roma are just scoring goals for fun at the moment. They're yeah. scoring late well, goals they as are, well. They are having great, great fun. Um, mm. should we go to Rome next then and talk Let's about do that. What... Let's do that. Let's do that. Lukaku.
0: yeah, Lecce were very, very close. Um again, oh, Chris so unlucky. Um, K- Christovic getting the goal um I just no, Chris Almquist no, Alm- Almquist Almquist getting the goal having a very good season for Lazio they were very it was a great performance i think look i wasn't quite sure how Roma hadn't scored i'll be mm. honest because they had so many chances. Oh, yeah. And Falcone's
1: little clever, like, kind of dink over the um defender yeah. as well. That was beautiful. But go on, Falcone. No, um,
0: Falcone is the next keeper to be keeping an eye out on because he made yes, some very, like very, him. very big saves. Saved yeah. a terrible penalty from Lukaku. <laughs> it was a terrible penalty. I think he
1: takes the most horrendous penalty kicks ever. <laughs> I, would Lukaku. I
0: would not trust him. No, I'd have Cristante on penalties over him every day of the week. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, but I think Falcone kept them in the game, but Roma kept going. What really stood out to me as well is how much of a better team Roma are with dabala on the pitch. Oh, now, yeah. I know, it, I know yeah. it might sound obvious, but my God, that guy is good. And the creativity he brings mm-hmm. and just the the like the the speed of thought the speed it's on the ball of, like uh, nothing
1: slow right yeah massively he just brings a bit of personality to that attacking mm. lineup you know you feel like things are going to play off something whether it's it more yeah like creative side or whether it be him running onto the ball and trying to latch on to make it a goal right there's mm. always something about Dybala. so i uh, yeah i'm 100% with you Dybala makes things more exciting for um roma but then that, that is a problem. He's just got the injury-prone yeah. aspect and to this is, game.
0: This is kind of why he's not at Juve anymore. And it's why he's mm-hmm. not at uh, Real Madrid or why he's not at uh, Man City, if you know yeah. what I mean. Because he has got the quality. He's yeah. unbelievable. Massively. He's just not got the availability. But I think, look, unbelievable performance from him. Everything went through him. Roma were looking... Like they, they were doing everything they could to score mm. and it just wasn't happening. And then the player, I think this is the player that when he turned up, Mourinho was like, there's a reason why we're getting him. Like, because he's not that good. If You know what I mean? Yeah, and he yeah. kind of turned it. He was like dissing him before he even came into the club. But what a bullet header. Um, yes, Sardar, Asmoon, incredible moon, header yeah, to put yeah. it into the back of net. A great cross from Zalewski as well. Really yeah. just pinpoint. Mm. 91st minute. And then you thought, okay, right? They'll, they'll get a point. They, they 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 deserve it. They definitely deserve three, but they'll get a point. And then Lukaku, we have to talk about how well he's doing at Roma.
1: He is doing pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if I remember, I just um, saved it as a bookmark. I think he is just behind Gabriel Batistuta in terms of first few games for the club wow. and school-going return. I will try and dig it out while yeah, we're speaking. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like his overall game, I mean. He's really stepped up to the part. Obviously, there is that kind of aspect behind him whereby, yeah, he was a bit controversial when he came into the club. And you know the circumstances, and you clearly could see the effects of last weekend's at full time as well, because he's sobbing his eyes out because yeah. of. I, s- I suppose it was mentally a tough week for him, right, Rory? He's playing um, for his
0: boyhood club, Adam. It's his twelfth boyhood
1: club. <laughs> <laughs> it means so until much he him. pisses them off later on in the season, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But, I was yeah. just
0: looking. He's got six goals in nine games for Roma so far, which is a bit mental.
1: It is absolutely incredible. For return for him, that is just beautiful. He's playing for that contract. I can't find this bloody tweet that I had. Um, Um, But, anyway. But, overall, a
0: massive win for Roma. Um, It puts them one point ahead of City rivals, um, Lazio, and back into the European race, really. It looked like they were gone. It looked like, do you remember, they they were in the relegation zone not too long ago. um, meant to. they are now on 17 points Napoli on 21 in fourth Atalanta on 19 I think the fifth place is where it's going to be an absolute battle isn't it really Yeah. Um, but awesome. massive win for Roma Mourinho obviously loved it Lukaku loved it Lecce super unlucky just a really they're, they're becoming just a solid Serie A team
1: yeah, I think Diversa will be kicking himself, to be fair. And so will Strafezza. Strafezza mm. had the opportunity five minutes from time before obviously we saw Asmoon obviously equalise, and had that goal gone in that would have been curtains. I think that's the end of Roma, but fair play to Roma. They brought it back. And, um, you know, look, Lecce have done really well this season to be kind of in that top half at the beginning of the season was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you know what? There's arguments to say, given the kind of funding that they've had on that squad, do you know what? They've done respectably really well. I just hope this isn't kind of the accepted ways of working because they do need to kind of put some more money into that squad mm-hmm. just for them to do more than what they've done this season. This season has been a bit of a miracle, it has to be said.
0: Mm-hmm. No, they are playing fantastically great for them, but unlucky at the end. We need to move to... Let's go to the city of Bergamo um, where Atalanta won into 2. Um, Chalonoglu with the penalty. I thought it was a bit yeah. of a soft penalty. Uh
1: I think, yeah, the goalkeeper takes him out. Personally, I think that's oh, no, wait
0: point. no I'm thinking of a different pe- no, no, I'm thinking of a different penalty. No, that was a penalty. Okay. Which one did I think was soft? I can't remember. Anyway, no, it was a blatant penalty. It was a blatant yeah. penalty. It was a blatant penalty. Um, yeah, Chalonoglu, <laughs> I can't remember. It'll come to me, which one I was yeah, thinking fine. of. Maybe it was the Udinese one. Anyway, um, Chalonoglu with the penalty, La Martinez with a great finish again to put them 2-0 up. Scamacca with another yeah. goal for the fantasy yeah. team, my guy. Um, gets them back into the game before Rafael Toloy in the 92nd minute kind of kills mm-hmm. off any hope of a comeback. turn, just march on in a tough place in the pouring rain.
1: They get it yeah. done. They get it done. It was a really tough game, to be fair. And uh I think I best quote I saw was Uncle Sharma quoting MMA fighting against Inter, basically, because, you know, some of the tackles were rough and brutal. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? That's a big test. They've come out of it. They've got that win as well. I think maybe last season they struggled with those kind of games. I think they would have struggled. But there's such a camaraderie behind them, Rory. They've done really well. And it sets them perfectly for the Derby d'Italia, doesn't it? Because that's round the corner. And does that mean we move on to that Juventus and Fiorentina? We need to. Game? I just quickly want to Go give on. some flowers
0: to Latano Martinez, who scored 12 goals. Mm. The last player to do that in Inter's first 11 games was Antonio Valentin Angelillo in 1958 59, who got 19 goals in 11 games, which is utterly mental. Um, and. Lewis Ferguson matching the highest goal scoring Scotsman. Hakan Cholanoglu has joined Shukru Gulishin on 36 goals as the highest Turkish scorer in Serie A history Ooh. this weekend. He scored 10 out of 10 penalties in Serie A, only fewer than Lukaku, who's got 14 out of 14, 14 out of 15, I think that is. Um, among <laughs> who never failed a penalty in the period. Um, absolutely incredible stuff. Um, yeah, great performance from Inter. Uh, and he just keeps them at the top of the league, just keeps them there. Yeah. And keeping Juve within arm's distance. Atalanta, I think that's a they will feel like they should have got a point, I think. Um, yeah. but I don't think they would have really been expecting a win there. So move on mm-hmm. to the next one. But here we go. We need to go to it. Um as I've as I've christened him online, Varo <laughs> has stepped into the Juve defense. And since he started, or you know, since he started starting games, there we go juve haven't conceded a single goal six clean sheets in a row another one nil um a goal difference of 11. well that's quite high to be fair they've scored 17 only conceded six goals that's utterly mental and they're on 26 points four wins in a row adam
1: they are in the title race why do I put myself through these games? I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad, but it, wa- it wasn't horrendous. But it's Juventus, and yeah. Um, yeah, they did what they had to, right, Rory? They got the you know clean sheet. They got the win. They took an early goal. They defended for their lives. So Bremer had a very good game. Yeah, I thought Chiesa had two mazy runs, which I thought he was very unselfish, trying to mm-hmm. lay off the likes of Moses Kane. And I, I can't remember who he did the other through ball to. And he should have shot, personally. I think if he, he sh- takes a shot, he scores. Um do you know what? On the balance of play, Juventus had the better of the two. I think Fiorentina, mm-hmm. for all the intricate kind of passing, and I mentioned it in the uh, review for this game, you know, Barak and Artur played quite well, but there was very much a reliance on Nico Gonzalez to come in off that left-hand he, he side. He was very problems. good, but he can't Very do it good, yeah. and he caused Kostic so many issues. I was yeah, surprised yeah. Kostic didn't get an early yellow card, to be fair. In the second half, Vincenzo Italiano kind of brings off Barak, brings on Bonaventura. Bonaventura has a few shots on goal. Even Anzolo has been brought on on the 46-minute mark, but he can't really do anything because the balls are kind of put into the box for someone to be a target man, to header it into the back of the net. Anzolo, he can kind of do that, but that's not his natural game. And unfortunately, when you've got, no offence, but centre-backs like Gatti and Bremer, they're going to head it off for yeah, as yeah. much as they like. And then, like you say, Roganavo, he's going to just swallow it up. And if you haven't got that, then you've got Wojciech Szczesny, who has been very consistent. He's been very he made a good. great save. The free he... kick
0: save at the yes. end was a yeah. very, very good save. Um, I think just defensively, they're fantastic. And I think it helps when you've got like eight players in your defense. <laughs> but does. I think like it... What I thought was the highest compliment I can give them is the second they scored the first goal, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's the game done then. Yeah, and that yeah, was in like the 30th much. minute or yeah. whatever they scored. It was,
1: like it was super- the 10th, 10th minute, Muretti gets 10th. the ball from uh, Kostic yeah. and that was it. And Totoro Chano should possibly do better, right? Yeah. I think it's a bit of a shock that it's come through that quickly, for example. Yeah. Um, but there's other question marks here, Rory, about Vicenzo Italiano. That's the third game now. They've gone defeated. They just don't seem to be able to change their style of football. This is probably the reason why Napoli didn't decide to make him their manager, to be fair, um, because they just don't seem to change their style very often. They don't seem to. And Italiano, I remember last season we were in a similar period where it looked like he was dragging them down the table rather than climbing up. It was only that second half of the season where they kind of brought it back. Right. Yeah. They had a very slow start to the season. Similar kind of spate of form at the Mm -hmm. moment. So, I think they're waiting to get into December so they can try and see if there's anyone out there that can maybe springboard their season at the moment. But it didn't look too pretty. I mean, yeah, you could have given Fiorentina the ball for until midnight, and I don't think yeah. they score a goal. They no, no, there wasn't
0: good. there just wasn't that spark, Nothing. was there? And Zola is weird because Italiano has coached him at Spezia as well, mm, and he's coached yeah. him at a lot of previous clubs, and it just doesn't seem to be clicking at the moment. And I, again, another striker I've got in my fantasy. I could really do with him doing something, but he's just not looking quite at it. I kind of I was talking to a mate the other night, um, and we were kind of comparing him to Simi, um, not oh, yeah. just because he had that one incredible season. So yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, disappeared, yeah. but I think Zola actually had more than that i think that's being quite disrespectful to him he had a few good seasons in Serie a it's just not quite clicking at fiorentina yet um we've got a comment from alessandro that did make me laugh um chiesa's heat map was looking like paredes absolutely <laughs> um that's a ball for you that's a leg for you but I think, look fiorentina will be absolutely fine they just need to start pushing for europe there needs to be some progress Mm. obviously they are in the Europa League this year conference league the Europa League right um
1: yeah so they've got
0: that to focus they've got that to kind of try and get far in as well but they Mm. they are in the European race they just winning five drawing two losing four is kind of a little bit of feast and famine at the minute but that's three losses in a row now so so he does need to turn it around quickly um and they do have next They'll be playing Bologna at home. It doesn't get much easier. Um, <laughs> you say so, that. <laughs> yeah. So, Fiorentina and Italiana need, need to turn that around at some point. But for Juventus, we have to accept that they are in the title race. I think it's going to be like, <laughs> well, as it always is with you, it's going to be good versus evil. But I think <laughs> it's going to be like beauty versus like the beast. Ugliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and the thing is, I can see the beast winning i can see a (laughs) lengthy out of all of this all the times he should have been sacked all the crap he's Mm. taken all the times Juve have broken the laws and all the court cases that are going on i can see them just getting the scudetto again and being like see none of it matters because we still win yeah exactly
1: they are going
0: to they are going to prove such a big test for Inter.
1: i think this is the biggest game of the season already this mm-hmm. is. The, I uh, appreciate the build-up. We had a few teams being potentially Scudetto credentials and potentials. But at this stage now, I, I see it between them two. It, it feels like the uh, previous Serie A seasons in the mid-90s where it seemed to be between two clubs. And mm-hmm. for once, it feels like it's going to be between them two. That game in a few weeks' time in the Derby d'Italia could be a massive one. And I, yeah. I suspect... It will go down to moments. It's gonna go down to who can um, create those special moments and like look, Juventus is gonna play their usual game, they're not gonna change their style. I don't see them being able to like change it for a specific you know game. Why change it? Why change what anything? Exactly, it's a winning formula, right? So why, yeah. why do you need to change it? But I think obviously this is a different test for Allegri as well, because up until this point, all the kind of teams that they've played. They should on paper beat them with the greatest respect. I, we talked a few weeks ago about um, Hellas Verona and they were clinging on for that kind of draw at the time. But respectively, Juventus should be winning those kind of games comfortably. And that's the sometimes the annoyance to those certain Juventus fans. But I think they're starting to win over by the fact of this form. That's all it is, Rory, at this stage. And they've started to pick up the form. It's working. There's a formula there and the players are digging into it and that's mm-hmm. that's all you can say at this stage so um... they
0: have beaten this season they've beaten milan away they've beaten lazio at home um and they that's it Um, But they're the two two big teams that they've played where you think, okay, yeah, they have come up against... And don't forget, Milan had a
1: man sent off as well. Milan Milan did.
0: Milan were down to 10 men. That's a very, very fair point. Um, So, yeah, this could be... That's the first game back after the international break, so it's going to be absolutely huge. Um, But, yeah, Juve are in the title race. It will be fun um, for somebody. (laughs) It will be fun for somebody, but not for us. Um, So, moving on from there, we do need to go... I can hear people shouting from the direction of uh, Friuli as the Udinese fans get very, very angry that their win in Milan hasn't been mentioned yet. I know. Um, They broke their duck of draws. And of course, Milan were more than hospitable and handed over three points without much of a fuss, from what I could tell. What did you make of Milan's performance?
1: Terrible again. Um, There was a few... Bright sparks, I suppose, Calabria doing his usual kind of performance. But there was nothing spectacular about this at all. Um, Rinders had another awful game, it has to be said. Um, but There was yeah, a chance it,
0: where he should have done well. He should have done better.
1: He right? seems to do chance. this weekly yeah. though now, Rory. I, think that it, I seem to remember there was a counter-attack against Napoli where he's through with uh, both Liao and Giroud and then both cursing at him for not passing the ball at the right moment. And this is the bit that I feel like is that maturity, that understanding that he's starting to lapse at certain times. And I think... Personally, I'd be benching him because you've got someone mm-hmm. in Yasin Adli who I feel is a brighter spark at this moment in time. He's been craving this moment. And he hasn't been given yeah. the game time. Kroonich had a stinker, I thought, as mm-hmm. well. I wasn't convinced by him and Tomori, probably the only solid player in that squad if it wasn't for him at the time. Mm-hmm. I know he has his moments, right? He does have wobbles. He, he does have wobbles. his moments, but he was the most solid player on the night, yeah. I think, from a Milan perspective and Again, nine lives purely survives another day because there's a statement saying that the board are behind him at the moment. So there's nothing that's going to change that position. And if you look at it technically from a form point of view, they are third or fourth in the um, yeah. table at the moment. So, yes, they've had some poor run recently. But I think obviously you've got tomorrow. Is it tomorrow or, d- or Wednesday? They've got the big game against PSG at home. If they, Tomorrow, don't get, yeah. if they don't get the result there, then potentially you could say, forget about the Champions League. They might be able to concentrate. But then there's that old age question about what happens with Giroud because he's 37 now. He's a good player. He's a, don't get me wrong. Right, I love him. But I think they need to evolve that squad again. They did,
0: like This needs to be the season where they start to transition in Okafor because he's a young, exciting striker. Yeah. That's Take what you've brought to. him in for. Yeah. If you, if, if you want to trust in this process, if you want to keep carry this through, mm. he needs to be starting games. And then if it doesn't work, you bring on the 37-year-old. I think you need to start getting minutes in that guy's legs. You can't yeah. just rely on Giroud to be your main striker. like as, as prolific as he is at times when he's on a run... Like, I think you you have to try and use this as like, well, these players need minutes in their legs now. And Yassin Adli has been very, very impressive when he's come in. He will yeah, be starting yeah. me as well. We do also have to say, and I kind of forgot that he existed, and then I, I, I saw it on online somewhere today. They are missing Ben Assair, who is head and oh, shoulders the best midfielder. Like, yeah, yeah. he is their best midfielder. He's the metronome in that midfield he mm-hmm. keeps everything going. I think the sooner he comes back, the much more solid this team will look like yeah, within seconds. Of does, yeah. So I think they are missing that, but we're being very generous to them because it was a terrible performance. Mm-hmm. It was, again, if, if Raffa Leão doesn't do anything, then nobody does anything. And I think rafaeliao already i've seen in the papers today contract talk like rumors about his contract rumors about my contract mm. and these stories always come out after a big defeat obviously but yeah. there are a few things in that changing room that do need tying up and do need resolving or deciding and mm. if the form does continue to slide then agents don't hang around if you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> like yeah, players exactly. don't hang around and january's just around the corner so i think milan like Look, maybe we're overreacting from a 1-0 loss at home to Udinese, but there's now three Mm. losses in a row.
1: On that point of mine, Nando, I think there's been a lot made of him recently, his injury crisis as well. If you're Milan, would you sell him in January transfer window if a bid comes through? I think you've got... If you're
0: offering me 60, 70 million, I'd be tempted. Um, Purely because Mm. you need a keeper that's there every day of the season and otherwise you end up having to pay for two keepers, and you only do that if you're Arteta out of choice, right? Um, I think, I think, yeah, if you came with 70, I'm going to stick an extra 10 on 70, 80 million, I'd be tempted. But that's because he's in the last yeah. two years
1: of his contract. If it's me, I'd say 60 to 50 with a sell-on clause, done. Well, done. Okay. Personally.
0: He's a fantastic keeper. He is a fantastic keeper. He um, is good,
1: but he's just that inconsistency. Yeah, I think he's, he's just he's never. So, his yeah. injuries are starting to play on them as well because every time he's out of the squad is that instability at the back it feels mm. like and they haven't been able to get a suitable replacement or someone up and coming really to kind of well it's difficult body. to convince a keeper to sit on the bench <laughs> <if> you <laughs> know what i mean even if you're excited yes, yeah. like, for a club like that you always have the experienced uh, goalkeeper and you always have someone that you trust in At this moment in time, Magnana is their trusted one, but obviously just that the fact that he's not there half the time. He's costing them so many points by the fact that he's not there, and that's not his fault. I appreciate that, but it's just starting to grind, I think, on Milan now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big.
0: Well, this means that AC Milan have lost two home games in a row without scoring for the first time since September 2012. Who was in charge, Adam? September 2012, really good at no goals.
1: Uh, You have to remind me what that question was because it broke up.
0: Um, AC Milan have lost two home games in a row without scoring for the first time since 2012. Who was the manager? He's really good at not having goals in his games. Oh,
1: 2012. 2012 can't remember now. Go on, you break the news. Allegri. Scene. He's really Allegri good at no goals. Yes.
0: Allegri. Um, AC Milan on the second team after Verona, against which Roberto Pereira, we're going to give Udinese their, their flowers. Roberto Pereira has been involved in at least one yeah. goal for four matches in a row. He's absolutely got Milan's number. The other, yeah, two goals and two assists um, against the Rossoneri now. Udinese, we said to them, you just need to score one more than the opposition. That's all you need to do. Just they get one more goal. They did it. They yeah. did it. Now, this was a soft penalty, though. I do think it was this, a soft This penalty. was
1: possibly the softest of all of them, to be fair, this weekend. Yeah. Um, but look, they got more than a draw, Rory. That's going to yeah. help them out this season. Yes. And <laughs> Gabriel Shoffy <laughs> definitely stays in the role for at least the rest of Ooh. the season as it currently stands. So, Good yeah, no, agents, And for a
0: bit more Irish love, festive yes was absolutely fantastic in this game and he is getting he, he's in my fantasy team and all the players in my league laughed at me for being like what the hell is that guy for i said like, he's going to play every minute this season and you're all going to turn around and be like oh fair play and i've already got messages being like yeah no fair play <laughs> absolutely fantastic he's playing every minute for them it's fantastic for ireland it's fantastic for him i couldn't be happier for him and i thought he was Unbelievable this game. He was one of the best he was one of the best performers. And as well as Samadzic, if they can keep hold of him. If they can keep of
1: yeah.
0: That changes their season completely if they can keep hold of him. Because he is he just raises the level so yeah. so much. Um he, I thought his success, Isaac's like success. He success, should have scored another.
1: He should That's have that scored that another. Similar to his Watford Days, doesn't it? To be fair. <laughs>
0: he's never quite there um he should be sued for like what is it uh, false advertising or whatever, he's <laughs> not, not quite there. but he's very 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 close um but a huge win for Udinese, <laughs> the first win in freaking forever um and it does bring them out of the relegation zone they are now on 10 points four draws and a win in their last five absolutely massive um just so happy for him honestly because they're a bit of a weird team right they never really yeah. do much the, l- last year no, it looked like they were going to do something and then the second half of the season was fucking terrible <laughs> um next i've got atalanta at home that's going to be a tough one Whoa. as well. that is a toughie um but good next up we need to talk about, I think the last game we're gonna talk about. Yeah, maybe? I think so at this point. Um, yeah. Selene Nil Napoli two. I only wanted to talk about this for one reason. Um, in our on Twitter, um, our performance of the week, I decided to nominate my favorite. It's a little bit biased, but I still think he was he was worthy of it. Anguisa. Anguissa. I think it's the first mm. time we've seen him this season, and it's been like, there's last year's Anguissa
1: yes yeah very much so i mean he was pulling all the strings i think it wasn't that hard because salanatana didn't really offer too much That's pretty um, accommodating and uh, i think yeah. the uh, best player for salanatana was Ochoa. i think he made some incredible right? saves i mean, bringing back the years again this was from last season's Ochoa duck like, saved him yeah. in the league <laughs> essentially um but yeah he was rested for a few games wasn't he and then mm-hmm. he's been brought back out and uh yeah, if it wasn't for him, I think the scoreline is greater than just two nil, Rory. Yeah. Um, mm. But fantastic goal by Raspadori as well.
0: Fantastic. And Elmas was a beautiful yeah. finish. Raspadori been absolutely huge for Napoli this season. Mm. I was watching like the highlights, um, and I did think because I'm not convinced by Meret at all. I think he was really good when he had a great defense in front of him. And I was thinking, should these teams swap goalkeeper? <laughs> like, would Napoli be in a better position if they had Ochoa in goals? I don't mm. think it's the most ridiculous thing to say, honestly. I know Ochoa is like, you know... Do you know what? Bit, that would
1: be the perfect goalkeeper for Milan as well, to be fair. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, bring him in. And just, you'll get a game every Seriously. so often, mate. And you'll be playing. Yeah, that's not like a massive shout. Um, But yeah, yeah I was super impressed with Ochoa, Marek. It looked a bit shaky at times, even in this game, when Salernitana offered yes. sod He still had a few moments. I'm like, I think you need to upgrade in the goalkeeper department. But a great win for Napoli, quietly going about their business. Um, but they and have released a statement today, mm-hmm. um, a very short statement. Um, there was stories in the papers that um, apparently Rudy Garcia had not taken training and he was not right. in charge of the team anymore and napoli have just very sure shortly said no. Nope. he led every single session yesterday they called out the papers by name and the tv channels that reported it and just said you're not right um so they've kind of put that one to bed so they all seem
1: to be sticking with garcia um but he is kind of turning it around Uh, Yeah, I would say there's a degree. um, But I think there's also been a bit more of the players coming together. And, you know, after that awesome kind of debacle, Mm -hmm. I think that kind of was where they started to grind out results. And um, I think they're playing a bit more for the shirt because they're starting to realise that they're not the Napoli of old. I still don't think Garcia is the right Personal candidate for this role at this moment in time. I don't. But, yeah, yeah. I just feel I like he's getting a bit of a luck as as well along the way.
0: Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Yeah. And I think, he, he, but he has done very well considering that he was at the point where awesome M was calling him out on the pitch and Cavallo was calling him out on the pitch. Oh, yeah, 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 of course they it, were. To come back from that where it looked like he was gone, like he'd lost the change mm-hmm. room, and when we were talking to i can't remember who it was we had on now maybe it was fede farco i can't remember probably, they were saying that rudy garcia it. is very good at creating that team spirit and very good mm. at like gelling teams it's the tactics where he kind of falls down a little bit mm. so i think you you do have to give him credit that he seems to have turned it around a little bit and been like okay no we're all like us versus them or whatever it mm. is right but he is getting much more out of them now they have had a fairly kind run of fixtures like they've not had any games that have been well they got the 2-2 against Milan but they've had a, some fixtures that they should definitely win I'm looking at like Verona away and yeah yeah like course. so they've had a few more games that are a bit winnable and they've got Empley at home next so um should that win should win be one. a yeah. that should be a home win um perfectly timed that one but yeah just a slight doth of the cap to Garcia for kind of clinging onto power in that yeah job very much so. um, he must be calling purely regularly, being like, mate, how do you do this? How do you hold so tight? Just give me a tip. Yeah, um, exactly. But, guys, we do also have bloody FA Cup. We haven't even done the FA Cup. No, um, no super quickly um, super
1: quickly there's some big results in terms of replays it has to be said mm-hmm. here Rory because Charlton were held by craze I've forgotten their surname now Kray Valley paper Mills Valley paper Mills that's it um so that' was a fantastic result for them because they took it to Charlton as well mm-hmm. uh, from what I saw um, I didn't see this match in its entirety but I did see the highlights and yeah They did give Charlton a run for their money, um, but we also saw a a replay for Slough Town. They drew at home to Grimsby Town, a fantastic free kick by Scott Davis, who's also coached down there, uh, someone that I know personally as well, and he did superbly in this match. I'm just trying to dig out the other results because I do recall some of the games that I did say to look out for didn't turn out that way. So, for example, Oxford United winning 2-0 against Maidenhead. Uh, that was one result. We also saw uh, Bolton Wanderers winning 4-0 at home to uh, Solihull Moores uh I'm still waiting for this to load up so I'm doing this off the top of my head no, by the way, we so. have got but, I will give you a
0: hand there was Altrincham seven Swindon four uh, older it? shot
1: older shot older shot seven and this was away at Swindon town so Swindon town who have got Charlie Austin up front and <laughs> they lost horrendously in this match so yeah, seven four on the day uh incredible but Rory what about crew as well Moments oh, away from getting a result against moments, Derby counts. Moments, um, we were fantastic defensively. I really like
0: the manager we've got, Lee Bell. Um, just very, very quickly played for the club for years, Excellent, bit of a right. club legend. Um, yeah, has coached the under 18s, coached the under 21s, came through and coached the first team. And what he's done, we still play very nice football at times but we're also super fucking pragmatic and super like backs to the wall. We've got to do the basics. You've got to run your bollocks off. You've got to know your position and you've got to graft. And that's exactly what we did. There were so many players yesterday that really stood out to me. Joe White on loan from Newcastle was fantastic. Mm. Um, Luke Offord, who's been the club captain for years, um, centre-back, really, really good. And a signing that, when we signed him, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Mickey (laughs) Demetriou from Newport. We got him for free. He scored something like six for us this season he's been amazing from center back, mm-hmm. and he's just added leadership he's added experience he's just like it feels like Lee Bell's really built a team a squad here and there's yep. something really good happening there's a lot of quality in the squad that isn't necessarily League two I think like Shiloh Tracy is definitely a League One player mm-hmm. Um, Chris Long is definitely a League One Championship player he's just He's injured quite a lot, that's why he's at crew, but he's been fantastic for us. And I think there's a really good team building there. And this performance was just really, really good. Yeah. Um, Elliot Nevitt with a great, great finish to get mm-hmm. the second, um, got him from Tranmere. very, very good finish. And Courtney Baker Richardson, who is like that's the one, I was gonna the, lose to, yeah, the chaviest looking lad in the world, but I absolutely <laughs> love him. He grew up in Coventry, I think he's got like the skull yeah. tattoo in his hand, in there. Yeah. Um, he just bangs goals all the time. And it was a great great cross from the last name I'm going to say is Rio Adabisi, who plays wing back for us. He's another player to keep an eye on. I think he's going to be the next one from the Alex that probably moves on. Um, I think he's definitely got championship written all over him at some point. Um, It was a great ball from him for Baker Richardson to put away. We just ran out of legs at the end. Like I said, 12 fit players and a load of academy lads on the pit on the yeah, bench yes. i think lee bell was just like what can i do here boys just please hold on please hold on the yeah. keeper should have done better for the first but yeah uh, oh
1: well it happens. it happens
0: um we will go back to pride park or whatever it is the baseball ground which one is it pride um, park. Yeah. <laughs> pride park. and we'll see what happens eh um we've got the treat of bristol rovers and if we do get through to the next round oh. so. <laughs>
1: It's a big lucky you. you. Um, but one other game to call out was Chesterfield beating uh Portsmouth 1 0. John Massino not having the result Uh... of the day, unfortunately, on that occasion. And the other one we called out on Thursday's pod the greatest distance by Gateshead United or Gateshead Football Club fans. They lost 3 2 to Yeovil Town, unfortunately. So better luck next time perhaps
0: Oh, that's a long old long journey, journey I did see, yeah i did see a video from mansfield Town where some nonce was calling out james uh james, james mclean, McLean. yeah i saw that giving yeah. him um sectarian yeah. abuse which is always lovely to see after all these years uh nobody's learned anything so that was depressing um But I did see James, I love James McLean. I know a lot of people don't like him. I fucking love him. Um, I did see him basically calling him out for a fight after the match. And I was like, yes, mate, let's just let's go. Like, why not? Um, yeah, but depressing, depressing stuff. But guys, thank you. I managed to we've managed to squeeze it all in. We said there was a lot of football. There was a lot of football, and my rant was about 20 minutes of this, so I apologize. (laughs) Um but Thank you for joining us. If you did enjoy it, even if you didn't, it doesn't take much. Just hit like and subscribe um, and we'll never bother you again. Um, We will see you on Friday for our show, um, reviewing all the Champions League football and previewing next weekend. Um, Adam, anything to say before I send them off?
1: No, beautiful. And keep an eye on the Champions League, which we'll reflect on on Thursday pod as well. We will be there. Um, you can find us on
0: Twitter at Italian Anglo on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod, and on TikTok at Anglo Italian Pod. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for joining, guys. Um, A dopo. Ciao, ciao. ciao. Podcast Network.